give it up for Mark Sondekar. Come on, let's bless him. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Keep giving it up. Keep giving it up. Keep giving it up. Whoa. Okay, everybody, come on. Let's give Jesus a big hand this morning. Thank you, Lord. Great to be here. Give somebody a high five. Say you're better looking than what I thought you were at the beginning of the meeting. And then grab a seat. Thank you, Musos. Fantastic. Great to be here in Tugra. Great little part of the world. Awesome. How's everybody going this morning? Good? Fabulous. Fabulous. It's great to see uh, a few old friends from way back. You know who you are. Is that Margaret? How are you? Good to see you, Margaret. Pete, you're doing well? And everybody else, well, good to see you this morning. Hey, so I just bring greetings from C3 Oxford Falls. We've got it all going on there. We've got the prayer meetings going at the moment. We actually have ours. Now, we're committed. Not like the Central Coast where you just sort of roll up at 7.30. No, 6 in the morning. 6 till 7. And... Uh, but we're having fantastic prayer meetings and really just seeking God because we're moving into the next decade, you know, 2011 to 2020. And C3 Church, we've got the 2020 vision, which is a 1,000 churches averaging 500 people by 2020 worldwide. And interestingly enough, over the last three months, over 100 churches have joined our movement, which is awesome. Let's give Jesus a hand. That's awesome. All through Africa and Asia, it's all going on. It's going off like a frog in a sock. It's fantastic. Awesome. Well, anyway, I better get better get busy, but it's absolutely fantastic to be here on the Central Coast and uh, wonderful to be here. Um, wonderful scripture. It says that God has predestined us from the foundation of the earth to be conformed to the image of his son. So God wants you and I to be like Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And we're all on this... And we're all on this journey. You know, some of us are right up there like Pastor Phil Oldfield. He's right, you know, he's just like an inch away. Then there's people like me on, you know, down the other end of the Pacific Highway, you know. But we're all on a journey together, aren't we? To be, being conformed to the image of Jesus, to being just like Jesus. Well, but then the question is, well, what was Jesus like? See, the Apostle Paul said to this one of the churches, he said, I labor till Christ be formed in you. So God wants us to be like Christ. So what was Jesus really like? Well, that's why we have four gospel accounts. And of course, the four gospel accounts, now if I wanted to find out about, now what was your name, mate? Lou. Luke. Okay, if I wanted to find out about Luke, how would I find out or understand what Luke was really like and made him tick? Candace, so I could ask his wife. Is that right? I could ask his wife, and I'd say, Candace, look, just tell me, what's Luke like? Can you let me know? I need to know what Luke's like. And she'd say, he's the most wonderful person in all the world, and he's a really good kisser, and she'd go on and on. and on. So I'd get one angle on what Luke was like, but then I could go to his boss. And I would get a completely different, but I'd get, I'd get Luke, 
but from a different angle. Then if I went to some friends, I'd see Luke from a completely different angle again. And then if I went to his parents, I could get to see Luke. So I would get four different angles on Luke, and I'd then begin to understand what Luke was really like. Is that right? And it's like that with Jesus. We have four different gospel accounts, and they give four different angles and viewpoints on the person of Jesus Christ. See, the Gospel of John um, emphasizes the supernatural side of Jesus, the God-man. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we get that the, the divine angle on Jesus. Then if you look at the Gospel of Luke, Luke emphasizes the humanity of Christ. So we see Christ from a more human perspective. Then if you look at the Gospel of Mark, you see Jesus, the Gospel of Mark shows Jesus the worker. The most important word possibly in, in Mark is straight away or immediately because Jesus goes from miracle to miracle to Bible teaching, from acts to works to serving people. It's Jesus the servant or Jesus the worker. And when you look at the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew is written to the Jews and it shows the kingly side of Christ, Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you put those four gospel accounts together, you get an incredible picture of what Jesus was really like. Now, so I thought this morning it would be awesome to have a look at one of the greatest characters in the Bible and look at the four different aspects of his world which actually mirror wonderfully the person of Jesus. Now, that person is Joseph. How many people love the character of Joseph? Anybody? Only a few. All right. But by the end of this morning's meeting, you're going to love him. You will love him. It'll be awesome. So Joseph, to me, is one of the most incredible people in all the Bible. Now, when you think of Joseph, I sort of think Joseph was a sharp-dressed man, wasn't he? Joseph, you know, what's, what garment is Joseph really well known for? Anybody? The, the coat of many colors, is that right? And, and Joseph had this incredible coat and it was awesome. But you know what? Today, I want to look not just at Joseph's coat of many colors. I want to look at Joseph's many coats. Joseph wore four different garments. And those four different garments that he wore show four aspects of his nature and also of the nature of Jesus, the nature that God wants to form in each and every one of us today. Are you up for it? Because we're not here. Okay, it's all good to come around the word of God. I'm into it. But let's make a decision this morning. We're going to have an encounter with God. And that God today is going to take us one step further down the road of life of being like the person of Jesus Christ himself. Are you up for it this morning? Praise God. Why don't we just pray together before we kick off, okay? Come on, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for every person in this auditorium this morning. And I just pray, Lord, as I'm speaking, Lord, and going on, that's all good. But, Lord, we want to hear God speaking. We, Lord, speak to us. Open our ears that we might hear wonderful things. Open our eyes that we might see wonderful things. And transform us from glory to glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said. Amen. Hey, that's awesome. Now, I need some help this morning. 
I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I'm looking. Actually, you're very sort of. I, I need four different garments this morning, but you know, not normally. Now, Phil, can I borrow your jacket, please, or borrow that? I need something really bright and crazy and outrageous. Are there any going this morning? What's going there? A what? A shirt off? No, it's okay. We'll pay you to leave it on, mate. It's uh, all right. Okay, so we've got one here. Um, what else have we got here? What do we got? Oh, hello. What's this? What do we got? Oh, yeah. This is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I'll have that. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that. What else have we got? Come on. No, not that. Okay, what's that? What have we got here? Oh, cardigan. Cardigan. A cardigan, my a baseball. No, okay. Well, we'll just we'll just have to. Well, mate, I'm, I'll just have to improvise today with this stuff. All right, okay. Now, just turn your Bibles, please. We'll just have a look at that. Okay, Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Genesis thirty-seven. Here we go. Now, this is Genesis' first book in the Bible. It's awesome. It's incredible, and it starts telling us about the life of Joseph. Joseph is an incredible guy, and it starts here in Genesis thirty-seven. And, and verse 3, and it says this, Now Israel, Genesis 37, 3, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. Okay. So the, this is the first garment. This is the garment we're most conversant with in the life of Joseph. What was that garment? What was that coat? I'll tell you what Phil was speaking on this morning around the offering word. It's the coat of favor. Everybody say favor. You know what? Joseph had his father's favor. And to me, that lines up with the gospel of John, which is all about the divinity of Christ, the favor of God on your world, the blessing of God that makes rich. Listen, I want you to know this. The favor of God is on your life when you have an encounter with God. Isn't that awesome? You know, the problem with the church, though, the problem with the church is this. Is we sort of, if God blesses us, we sort of almost feel ashamed, say, oh, you know, does God want to bless you? And you go, oh, yeah, so I can be a blessing. And that's a big thing in church at the moment. You're blessed to be a blessing. Well, we are, but... How many people here have got kids? How many people love blessing their kids? You do. Of course you do. And you know what? You bless your kids not so they can run around and bless somebody else. Why do you bless your kids? Because you love them. And you want them to be blessed. Now, let's not get holier than God this morning. Of course we are blessed to be a blessing. And, and, and as we give, it's all, it's, I'm into it. Of course. But listen, God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, not just Lauren, but God loves you. Is it Lauren? Candid. Who's Lauren? That's what I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm getting worried about you. Bit of a word of knowledge there. Hey, listen. Listen, it's awesome. God loves you. And, jo- and, and Jacob loved his son and he wanted to bless him and he wanted to show him I am, this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased my favor my blessing is on my son and listen guys 
you've got the coat. Don't be ashamed to wear the coat that God loves you, has got a plan for your life, wants to bless you in every area of your life, and thinks you're fantastic. Let's give Jesus a hand this morning. Because God thinks you're fantastic. So here it is. The coat of favor. You've got to, you've got to be prepared to put it on. You see, Mark Kelsey, who's the executive pastor at Oxford Falls, he was, um, he was a counseling sort of a guy. He worked in the government. And God spoke to him and said, he said, listen, I'm calling you into the ministry. This Sunday at church, I want you to wear a suit. And he went, wear a suit? Okay, so, all right. So he wore the suit to church, and all his friends, all his peers, all his brothers said, oh, wearing a suit this morning, are you? Who do you think you are? Huh? You know, it's like, you know, let's not be ashamed, but, you know, let's not worry about what our brothers think. Let's worry about what God thinks. And let's not be ashamed to say, you know what? I'm a son I'm a daughter of God. I won't be ashamed of the fact that God loves me. He's got, he hasn't, and listen, this is another message I've got to preach here one day. God does not have a plan for your life. How about that one? Now, that's amazing, isn't it? It is encouraging. Now, look, you're getting worried, aren't you? You're worried. I can prove it. God does not have a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the, what was that last letter? S. Give me an S. I know the plans I have for you, says God. Plans. Everybody say plans. To prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God does not have a plan for your life. You're too important for God just to have one plan for you. God's got plans. Everybody say plans. In every area of your life, in your relationships, in your finances, in your walk with God, in your ministry, physically, emotionally, mentally, every area of your life, God has got plans. You know why? Because the favor of God. Everybody say favor. Put on the coat of favor. The favor of the Father is on you and on me this morning. Don't be afraid to wear the coat. But it's dangerous. And danger is my middle name, baby. Yeah! Yeah, baby! Yeah! Yeah, baby! Yeah! It's dangerous. It's dangerous having the favor of God on your life. The Bible says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, what did they do to him? Killed him. The first person in the Bible who had the favor of God, Abel, God looked with favor upon him and upon his offering. His brother hated him and killed him. Joseph had the favor of God, but his his brothers hated him. Genesis 37, 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. You've got to be prepared. See Hillsong Church in the city, in Sydney? Thank God for them. Mate, you know, they're preaching the gospel all over the world. It's a fabulous building. They sell millions of albums all around the world. The world hates them. They, 
But you know why? Because they've got the favor of God on their lives. And can I say this? Abel, the first Christian martyr, his brother murdered him because he made an extravagant offering to God. Never be ashamed of coming into the house of God, giving an extravagant offering to God. The world will hate you. So be it. We're here in the God-pleasing business, not the man-pleasing business, okay? So don't worry about the favor of God on your life, but it's a dangerous thing. The first coat we wear is the favor of God. But Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, faked his death, took off that coat, killed a goat, put blood on it the day before forensic testing, sold him into slavery, took it to his father, said, look, we found this. It's all ripped up. There's blood all over it. Do you recognize it? They said, it's Joseph's coat. Jacob said, he's surely been torn to pieces by a wild animal. You know what? Can I say this? They can take the external things that represent God's favor off your lives, but they can never remove God's favor from your life. The favor of God will still be on your life regardless of circumstance and and everything's going to be okay. You might be struggling at the moment. Things might not be working, but hey, listen, everything's going to be okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, everything's going to be okay. Come on, everything's going to be okay. Okay, so he gets sold into slavery. He's struggling. He gets bought by Potiphar and uh, ends up working in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife takes notice of him. And can I say, it's, it's tough when you're really good looking. Or as Eric Zoolander says, when you're really, 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 really good looking, it's tough. It's tough. It's a burden. It's, beauty is a curse with which I have not been afflicted, I can tell you right now. But undoubtedly you have. But, you know, Joseph's there working in the house, and, and, and the, Bible, the Bible says this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, he found favor in his eyes. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left Joseph in charge, and it was all good. And in Genesis 39, and verse Six, halfway through verse six, it says this. It says, now Joseph was well built and handsome. He had problems going through customs. Because when he turned up at customs, they said, you can't get on the plane with those guns. He was well built. He was handsome. When Joseph walked into the room, Potiphar said, is there a vet in the house? Because these puppies are sick. Someone else said, can you get a Band-Aid? Because these are cut. I mean, he had it all going on. He was well built. He was handsome. He had it all going on. Potiphar's wife thought, you beauty. This is exciting. Verse 7, after a while, Genesis 39 said, after a while his master's wife took notice of him and said, come to bed with me. 
and he refused, and she was at him day after day after day. He kept refusing. One day, she has a grab at him, and this is where the second garment comes into play. It says this. It says this uh, in uh, Genesis uh, 39 and verse 12. It says, but he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. So she grabs at him. She pulls his cloak off him. Here it comes. Garment number two. This is pretty. Whose is this? Raw silk. Do you know how many? Do you know how many spiders had to sacrifice their lives for this outfit? All right. Is that what this is? Spiders? I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. A bit like the message. <laughs> you know what? He's got this garment, but now it's time for the second garment. The Gospel of Luke is all about. See, John, the Gospel of John is all about the favor of God, the divine side of Christ. That's all cool. But now it's time to go to the Gospel of Luke. Luke's all about the humanity of Christ. Getting a photo here. Come on. I'm so hot right now. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Hansel's so hot right now. But you know what? It's all about. Here's it's time, that second garment got taken. You know what that garment was? He said, I will not. He said, how could I do such a thing and sin against God? That is the garment of integrity. And the Gospel of Luke, talking about Jesus, is all about Jesus, the perfect man. Listen, guys, what is integrity? Integrity is who you are when there's no one else around. And guys, can I say this? Never, listen, they can take your freedom, they can take your reputation, they can take your finances, whatever. Never let people take your integrity from you. You see, Job, that's the second gum. Job had it all and lost it all, and his friends kept accusing him of saying, look, the reason all these problems are coming your way is because sin. But Job said this. He said this, relent, do not, do not be unjust, reconsider. He said this, for my integrity is at stake. He only had one thing left. Didn't have any kids, didn't have any money, didn't have any possessions, didn't have his health. But he had one thing that was his integrity. Don't let people take your integrity off you. And don't give your integrity away. Everybody say integrity. Integrity is who you are when there's no one else around. Job 27, 5 and 6 says this. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. The second garment that Joseph wore was the garment of integrity. Everybody say integrity. Now he gets thrown into jail and he's working there. And it's, can you imagine how he was feeling? unjustly sold into slavery by his brothers and then falsely accused of rape and thrown. How is he feeling right now? But it's time for him to put the third coat on, this wonderful blue cardigan, ladies and gentlemen. The coat of humility and service. Colossians 3, 12 to 14 says this. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. See, God's not going to put on you. You need to put it on. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He put on another garment, the the garment of humility and the garment of service. And you know what interesting thing about Joseph? All his life, he wore all these coats simultaneously because he was always a servant. See, he always served his father's vision. Then he served Potiphar's vision. The only person's vision he didn't serve was Potiphar's wife. She had a vision for him. Then he served the head of the jail. He served his vision. He looked after the jail. Then the baker and the butler came in, and he served their vision and interpreted their dreams. Later on, he's to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He served all his life. He was a servant. And the Bible says in the book of Philippians, it says this, Your attitude, Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Jesus, in John 13.3 and 4, you know what? He had it all. In fact, the Bible says this, Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. I've got it all. I'm from God. In fact, hold it, Jesus, not me, this is Jesus. In fact, wait a minute, I am God. And I've come from God, seated at his right hand, and I'm returning there. What am I going to do? I'm going to become a servant right now. And at the last supper, he knelt down and it says here, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, poured water into a basin, and he washed the disciples' feet. That is what it is to be a Christ-like person. To have the favor of God, to have the integrity of God, but to be a servant like Jesus himself. And here is Joseph in prison serving other people. What an amazing thing. But you know, I'll tell you right now, what goes around comes around. You know, in in the Old Testament, Joshua served Moses' vision for 40 years. But then God gave him his own vision. God will never give you your vision until you've served somebody else's vision. So my friends, the way up is down. And when you and I become servants, then we are qualified to rule and reign with Christ in heavenly places with him. But the way up is down. I'll tell you what, me, you know, I'm at Oxford Falls right now. It's all good. Do you know what? My whole job, My whole life revolves around serving God and serving people, particularly Pastor Phil's vision. See, he's got a vision to have a 1,000 churches averaging 500 people by the year 2020. You know what? Right now, I've got the servant's coat on, and I'm going to serve God's vision. I'm going to serve Pastor Phil's vision. 
I'm going to serve my wife. I'm going to serve my kids. I'm serving the organization of C3 as my employer. I am there. I am there to serve them. But the awesome thing is, in the service comes the release of your vision. See, see, because I'm doing that, I can come up here to Tagra and visit all you guys and preach from the pulpit of your church. Isn't that an awesome thing? Why? Because I'm serving somebody else's vision. God gives me my vision. Isn't that incredible? That's just the way it is. The way up is down. Don't, don't grasp for positions or for titles. Be like Jesus. Empty yourself. Make yourself nothing. Serve God. Serve people. And in due time, you will be blessed. And God will release to you the dream that is in your heart. What's in your heart today? What do you want? What's God placed? What's the gifting that God has placed in your life? What's the call on your life? Now, Joseph had a dream. In his dream, he saw himself as a leader and as a ruler. But you know what? He served. He served. He served. Then suddenly one day, the dream came to fulfillment. Because Pharaoh, Pharaoh wakes up in the middle of the night and he's had a dream. And in his dream, he's, he's, he's seen this weird stuff and he can't understand it. And he asks all the wise men, they can't help him. They don't have a clue what's going on. And his butler hears about it. Two years before, he'd been in prison because he'd, he'd upset the king. And he'd had a dream. And the baker had had a dream. And Joseph, this little Hebrew boy, young Hebrew boy in jail, had interpreted their visions and had served them. And both of their dreams came true. And the butler was saying to Pharaoh, today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. There's a Hebrew guy in jail. He can interpret your dream. And then suddenly, you know, so, sometimes we think, you know, is it ever going to happen? Is my life ever going to work for me? Your miracle is only a phone call away. Moses had the call to set his people free. Forty years in the wilderness, he thought it was over. But one day, the burning bush, one day the phone's going to ring and your dream's going to come true. That good-looking guy. Oh, no, you're already married, eh? This bloke? Oh, fucking hell, you're married. Okay, so that's... <laughs> but it's amazing, isn't it? And, and, and the Bible says this. In uh, Genesis 41. Just turn over to Genesis 41. Genesis 41. Fantastic. It all came around. And... And in Genesis 41 and verse 14, it says this. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved, and look, what else does he do? He changed his clothes. He took off that garment. He took off the servant's garment, and he came before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh told him his dream. And Joseph interprets the dream And he says, you know what, there's seven good years and then seven bad years. This is what you should do. Save up all the stuff in the seven good years. When the seven bad years hit, everything's going to be fine. You just need a guy who's going to do that job, who can oversee it all. And, And in Genesis 41, 41, Joseph says to him, you're the man. 
I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. How about that? That's cool, isn't it? Verse 42, then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in what? Robes. Garment number four. I can just feel the anointing on this one. I didn't feel the anointing on the blue card again. I didn't feel the anointing on the, the silk. But wait a minute. Oh, yeah. On goes the garment. The garment of leadership. The garment of authority. And Joseph becomes now into a place of rulership. He becomes the second most powerful man in all the earth. Isn't it amazing? See, the Gospel of Matthew is all about Jesus, the King of the Jews, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And guys, all these different... Our job is to keep the plates spinning and all the plates spinning. Our job is to keep our lives in harmony and in balance where we receive the favor of God. But see, some Christians just walk around, I just got the favor of God, but they don't do anything with it. But they, oh, it's all about the favor. Oh, hallelujah. No, no. They've got the favor of God, the choice of God. It's all good. But then, you know what? They've, they've got, we've got integrity. And our personal worlds line up perfectly with our public life. We're the same person in church on Sunday as we are at work or at school or at home on Monday. Integrity. And then we're people who serve God and who serve other people and serve our community. We're servants. That's the gospel of Mark, Jesus the servant. And then in our own personal worlds, we rule and reign with Christ. You see, that's the original intent of God for mankind and Christ. The book of Genesis, let us make man in our image. Let him rule. God wants you and I to be able to rule over our personal worlds and rule in this life. So we're the head and not the tail. We're on top and not the bottom. We're living in the abundant life that God has planned for you and for me and for our families. Let's give Jesus a hand.